but I'm passionate about it. Not murder. About studying the victims. You guys know, hopefully. That difference. Welcome. It's my voice in your ears once again. Me being Aura Van Dank, you being listener slash watcher. If it's your first time, this is Murder's a Drag. I already said who I am. I'm here to give you some... No. I'm here to deliver you some true crime content. How am I, you ask, like you do every week? Things have been well. I try to go to San Diego at least once a week. Vander Von Odd is going to be there soon, so I'm very excited about that. Uh, Vander Von Odd is my favorite drag performer, by the way. I know it's hard to pick favorites, but I've picked a favorite uh, after Dragula Season 1, and I'm sticking to it, baby girl. Plus, I mean, this dollhouse behind me, Vander Von Ott inspired, so. Fun little facty fact. For those of you who aren't seeing anything right now, and dollhouse behind me means nothing to you, I have a dollhouse inspired by Vander Von Ott. I guess I didn't have to repeat that. I've been really enjoying my new set. Uh, if you notice, there's wallpaper and a lack of wigs. I want to put up like a shelf or something. I don't like them just dangling on the wall though. Um, but I mean for a nice, you know, first new set backdrop. But now I don't want that anymore. So Charlie and I hung up this wallpaper that I found. And it's gorgeous. And I'm very happy with it. And I hope you are too, I guess. Yeah, I do. I truly do. This set's real, by the way. I can touch the things that are behind me. It's too far away, actually. I moved into this smaller space because it's cozier and I can burn candles and the sound is actually better, which is an unintended but very much appreciated and welcomed consequence. Comfiness has been a priority since we got back from the LAN party, which if you don't know is just like a huge room of people playing video games for hours and hours and hours on end, which is what I do most days, so it was fab to do with a bunch of other people. However, we took an Amtrak to get there, and I know, like, I've heard that Amtrak is not, like, what it used to be, air quotes, air quotes, air quotes. However, it was, like, an awful experience. <laughs> the views were unmatched, like, unforgettable views, which I guess could, you know, make it worth it for some people. Um, and in my brain, I, I've been putting it that way. So, you know, cue some pictures of the views that I'm talking about, but they, they could just do better. It's so dirty and it looks like it's from the, it looks like a Greyhound bus was like cut into pieces and then put on a train track. It was really, really, really bad. And then the fucking observation deck area with all of the, um, windows and stuff so you can like see where you are was full of very scary people who were saying very inappropriate things to each other and like fighting with each other and at one point somebody got removed from the train by the police for um verbally assaulting somebody and i drank too much wine one night and got a hangover the next morning and then that hangover morphed in to never getting better because I also had COVID that I didn't know about at that point. So it just wasn't, 
you know, it wasn't great. I never got better. Well, okay, no, I did. Now I'm better. But, like, from from the hangover, I the train was just... I, all of those things happened, and by time I... Um, got back I couldn't taste or smell anything but hey it's fine I'm alive still can't really smell things um but yeah I'm good I promise I promise I'm good I said that at the beginning and I meant it <laughs> I did have lots of time to do lots of research on the train when I did have the wi-fi in the wi-fi areas so that's good and I was able to go through my list and look at new things and and study some new cases and find out some new stuff so that was nice for um content sake and for this the podcast sake you know you guys like this hopefully hopefully you like this and you're not just watching it because you hate me that would be weird this week i am gonna tell you about a case out of lafayette louisiana the whole case is fucking disgusting and really speaks to how fucked up the world can be um but it is a survivor case, which is something, you know, a change of pace. I like to add those now and again, because studying murder all the time is horrible, as you could imagine. In January of 2020, 18-year-old Holden White is a very active freshman college student at Louisiana State University. They are on the speech and debate team. They hold a position with the student government and are a part of the LSU chapter of Sigma Alpha Pi. They're also settling into their new apartment and making it super cute and college -y. I'm sure there were tapestries everywhere, like incense. I'm looking around this room and listing the things that I see on the other side of the camera. So... I feel like it was very much the same vibe. As if you guys know what the behind the camera looks like. Or if the people in the podcast even know. Anyway, lots of tapestries, incense burning, you get the picture. But they're doing all of the things in college and doing all of the things that I never touched when I was in college that I probably should have. And Holden is living their best life. Like most college freshmen, Holden is on Grinder. Yes, I said most college freshmen. And looking for a date, looking for somebody to hook up with, looking for friends, you know, whatever. It's college, they're a freshman, they're just living the best life, trying to find connection, we'll call it. For clarity's sake, I'll say now that Holden is a non-binary person, but at the time of this incident was publicly identifying as a gay man, which doesn't sound important but could potentially be important by the end of the story. Holden is very into theater and performing arts in general and is actually a theater and performing arts major in college. And they're doing all of the performing arts, theatery, queer kid things that an 18-year-old college freshman theater major would do. Relatable. Holden decides to go on a date with a guy that he meets on Grindr named Chance Seneca. Chance is 19 and Holden wants to have him over to his new apartment because, like I said, it's super cute and college -y. Probably. I didn't see pictures, but that's what I imagine. It also feels worth mentioning, like, no shade at all, obviously, but Holden and Chance are two of the most Southern names that I can think of. Like, I feel like I went to high school with so many Holdens and so many Chances, just as a name. Just had to put that out there. Very North Carolina-y. This is Louisiana, but close enough, you know? Chance declines Holden's invitation to come over to his apartment 
and then instead invites Holden to come over to Chance's place. Holden accepts the invite to go over to Chance's place and begins planning to drive himself there. But Chance says that he would rather come pick Holden up because he's been peddling this whole time that it was going to be this traditional date and that he's this gentleman that wants to pick up Holden and whisk them away into this fairy tale land. The day of the date, Chance tells Holden that he'll have to swing by his place to make sure that his dad isn't home because Chance lives with his dad and wants to have a date at his house rather than having a date with the person who doesn't live with their dad. Fucking loser. Um... <laughs> But he says that he has to go swing by there to make sure his dad's not home. And Holden reiterates in messages, quote, I mean, you can always just come to my place. Ha <laughs> ha. And then Chance replied, I probably will next time, but I'd rather just go to mine's this time. So fair enough for first time jitters from Holden's perspective. Nothing, there's definitely no red flags going on. But just in retrospect, it's super creepy. I'm going to get a little bit graphic at one point, so content warning. Things finally start to go off around 7pm on June 20th when Chance picks up Holden, and Holden brings his PlayStation and a couple of video games, because this is a video game date, because they are video game girls in this video game world. In interviews on The Advocate, written up by Megan Wyatt and Katie Galliardo, Holden says... The house that Chance took them to was very nice. They also say that the initial conversation with Chance was feeling awkward, but that they both eventually settled down into the bed and started playing video games. Holden says that things are going really well when Chance suggested that they hook up, which is cool. That was down and fine in Holden's, bo Holden's book. Chance asks to get kinky with Holden and convinces them to put on handcuffs. And after that point, Chance leaves the room to, quote, grab something. And when he comes back, begins strangling Holden from behind with a wire. He strangles Holden until they blacked out. In the Advocate article, Holden is quoted as saying, He left the room to get something and then came back. And when he came back, he had come up behind me and that's when he wrapped a cord around my throat. At this point, Holden is dragged into a bathtub and stripped of their clothes and Chance hits Holden over the head with a hammer to try and make sure that Holden was dead. Things get even worse at this point, if you can believe it. So Holden said, quote, when I wake up, I'm in this bathtub naked. The water's running and it's cold. He's in the process of doing my left wrist. He was slicing it like this. It was very, very hard. It was to the point that he was basically trying to cut my hands off. That was an early interview before Holden knew what was fully up. Just wait. Chance reports that at that point he still wanted to go through with it, so he began slicing and stabbing Holden in the neck with an ice pick. Holden says, quote, The neck was more like the torturing stage. He sliced here, gesturing to their jugular area. I wanted to say that he was going for the carotid artery, but he missed. He would take the tip of the knife like he was twisting it into my throat each time. Holden goes on to recall fading in and out of consciousness. Quote, I remember thinking, well, this is it. The last words I said to myself were just stay calm over and over in my head. I was just repeating to myself, stay calm. Holden says the next thing they remember was waking up in the hospital three days later, barely able to see. 
All of the blood vessels in their face had been ruptured, and their hands were so badly damaged that they were nearly severed. They had to go to physical therapy and rehabilitation to relearn how to use their hands. The cuts to Holden's wrists were incredibly deep, and their hands were both entirely wrapped in casts and bandages and unusable. After recovering and waking up a little bit, Holden was told that his would-be murderer was the one to actually call the cops, reporting, quote, I just killed someone. Little did he know, Holden is a survivor, and no, you did not. You failed miserably. Chance, you piece of shit. He does sound... Chance does sound completely disconnected from reality. In that one advocate interview that I was talking about with Holden, Chance was, or Holden was quoted as saying, quote, he's just staring at me with a fearful look in his face, like, I just did this look, which is absolutely terrifying to think of when you think about the position that Holden was in at that point, both, like, physically and just in general. Terrifying. Police actually apprehended Chance right outside the house before they went in and found Holden. He was reportedly just standing there calmly waiting for them to arrest him. According to an FBI affidavit, a hammer, a saw, and an ice pick were among the weapons on the scene, and some of them were ordered on Amazon ahead of the attack. So, like, this kid really... moron. Full psychopathic moron. Chance was booked then and there and charged with attempted murder because Holden, again, was not dead. After getting out of the hospital, Holden tried to go right back to work because they are the bravest and most resilient person that I've ever read about. Unfortunately, they weren't able to because of the damage done to their hands. Seven months after the accident, Holden's left hand was still numb and they had just regained full feeling in their right hand, except for one finger in the right hand. Holden had an immediate goal to make sure Chance was held accountable for what he did, and to start healing from their own trauma right away. In an interview for KFLY News, Holden said, quote, My one goal that I would say would be to keep him in prison, and then number two, to let everyone know, if you have a traumatic experience happen to you, it's okay to be sad, but you just need to not stay sad the whole time. You have to move on. Words I'm sure we can all live by. Holden also actually started using Grinder again, just being more cautious and only meeting people in public spaces. Meanwhile, that investigation into Chance was turning up all of that evidence about him being a trash piece of shit. So, one person was living their best life, while Chance was definitely not. Which is everything that he deserves, and probably a little less than what he deserves. Chance Seneca turns out to be an actual shit piece of shit garbage, and a truly evil human being. Initially, police weren't going to see Kate crime charges, refusing to comment on why they weren't, saying, quote, evidence points to other motives. <clears throat> that whole thing just reeks of gay panic theory that that was going to be where they were going with it. PFLAG representatives like Matthew Humphrey were very vocal off the bat, saying that them immediately saying it wasn't a hate crime was problematic because how could they know that at that point? All they knew at that point was that Holden, who, like I said at the time, was identifying as a gay man, had been attacked with Grinder being the way that they were targeted. It's a very concerning 
things about Chance were also found on the internet and in the investigation into him as a person. And it turns out that he had idolized Jeffrey Dahmer for years and also wanted to dismember and murder gay men. Special Agent Daniel Daddy English <laughs> testified, his name's just Daniel English, I don't know, I don't know why I said that, testified that Chance had said Dahmer wasn't a bad guy and that he actually related to him. Chance had been fantasizing about murdering and dismembering gay men specifically for years, and he had read every book, watched every movie, special, TV show, anything that he could find about Dahmer, fully idolizing him. The report even says he attempted to get a tattoo on his forearm of Jeffrey Dahmer, but was turned down by the tattoo artist, which is good on that tattoo artist for not taking that money. On top of that, there's evidence that Chance was seeking sexual relationships with women while targeting gay men on Grinder without ever meeting them, and the one time he did, tried to dismember and murder this person. So Chance was not gay, much like Jeffrey Dahmer was not gay and just a psychopath. Don't think that those two should never be put together. Mm -mm -mm. You're not gay if you choose to kill gay people. That's not what being gay is. Gay people is sleeping with gay people, not murdering them. So he used a gay and bisexual dating app to intentionally target a person to do a botched attempt at a copycat serial killer thing. Chance also admitted that he intended to preserve parts of the body and attempt to eat them. Chance never needs to be around another human being ever again. And as of January 25th, 2021, a hate crime charge was added to Chance's charges when he finally made it to trial after spending that full pandemic in jail. Those same charges were dropped because he was able to take a plea deal, which I think is bullshit because if you say that you were going to eat a person, you should not be able to get a plea. That should not be something that happens. Um... So because of the plea deal, he saw the hate crime charge dropped as well as the attempted murder charge and a gun charge. However, the kidnapping charge that did stick carried 45 years to life in prison. Two years later, on January 25th, 2023, earlier this year, Chance was sentenced to 45 years in a federal prison with credit for those two years served. That would make him 64 years old when he gets out of prison. And if he does ever get out of prison, he would have to be supervised, and he also has to pay $25,000 in restitution to Holden. But again, he would be 64 years old if he gets out. I'm saying if because one can hope, you know, natural causes. The very important part about this story is that Holden is one badass motherfucker and a survivor in the truest sense of that word. Holden continued and continues to take classes at LSU and is a senior there getting ready to graduate with a degree in theater and performing arts. They have a TikTok account these days where they find humor in their trauma, <laughs> relatable, play in makeup, relatable, and show off really cool costumes, less less relatable this week. It's just a shirt that says practice safe hex. Get it? Hex as in, you know, a curse. Anyway, 
Those TikToks were very useful in writing this episode because it gave me all of that information about Holden and their life. This whole thing is just very gross and scary and, again, shows you that there are people in this world capable of doing horrible, terrifying things to other human beings. I think that we should all strive to be more like Holden and acknowledge those bad things that happen to us and respect them for what they are but say, fuck that thing, I'm not gonna let it define who I am and I'm still gonna go on Grinder and do what I want. Not me specifically. I'm not gonna do that. But you get the gist. But yeah, that was the story of Holden White's survival, miraculous survival, about Daniel Daddy English, the FBI special agent. Well, I don't actually know what he looks like, so I could be calling this man Daddy. And you know what? No, he did a good job with his job, so he is Daddy for that. And for that, he's Daddy. Well, I hope to see you all right back here, standing there, or sitting, however I imagine this conversation to be happening when I'm here, filming on my own camera, next week when I am back here with another episode, and I think that you should follow my social medias. I also made a Twitch account recently, and I've been deciding on streaming there or not. Oh, update on the eyebrows. They're gone again just couldn't do it. I hated it. I hated every second of putting glue in my hair. It just, it's just something I can't do. Sorry to the world. Sorry to myself. I just can't do it. It was too uncomfortable, and I am glad they're gone again. So yeah. Again, I hope to see you all back here next week with me, sitting here, looking at the beautiful set that I've built and listening to the stories that I have to tell you. See you next week.